Welcome to the Been There, Got Out podcast. I'm Lisa, a state-certified domestic violence advocate and veteran of more than eight years in the trenches of the legal system, the last five successfully representing myself. And I'm Chris. I'm a certified high-conflict divorce coach. And between the two of us, we have all this knowledge and experience that we never wanted. But now we can put it to great use, providing expert guidance to people in high-conflict divorce and custody situations so you have the best chance in court and beyond. Having the right support from people who get it is so critical to getting you and your children through it as unscathed as possible. And that's exactly what we do through our interviews with experts and other content right here on this podcast. So let's get to it. It's Lisa from Been There, Got Out. It's two minutes since I saw some of you and thank you again for coming back. We are interviewing Texas State Representative Lacey Hall tonight. And I am so, I was like flabbergasted when she got in touch because um, I thought, wow, like why us? But she did. And so we had a nice conversation maybe a month or, yeah, a few weeks ago. Lacey, let me see if you're here. And of course, we talked about coercive control and how Texas can maybe start moving forward with some of these, um, these laws. I know California, Hawaii, Connecticut was the third, and a couple more states are moving forward. They've passed coercive control laws, and um, so it'd be great to get Texas. Okay, let me see if she's here. I don't see her. Um, this is her first, her first, well, for real, Instagram. There she is. Okay, Lacey, just welcoming on. Let me... And then join, and we'll go through the introduction again. Oh, didn't work. <laughs> Let's try it again. All right, Lacey, hopefully you're still here. Try it again. Accept it. Accept it. Okay. <laughs> it worked. You declined, and I'm like, wait, what? <laughs> Yeah. So I was saying that you got in touch to talk about coercive control. And I thought, oh, I'm so honored that you got in touch with us. And I want to talk about coercive control tonight, especially. Do you want to quickly introduce yourself? Yes. Love to. Um, thank you for having me. So I'm Lacey Hole, state representative um, here in Texas in the uh, Houston area. So um, yeah, I'm in the uh, member of the Texas legislature in the House. Great. So what made you decide to get involved with politics? Government and history had always been a passion of mine. It was a, um, it was my major in college, poli sci and history. Um, but I was always just a voter. And then slowly after I had my son uh, started to become, you know, like mama bear and became more involved and volunteering and, um, and got involved in the process. And uh, started to volunteer for other candidates that I believed in and aligned with my beliefs and values. And then started going to uh, the Capitol here and testifying bills that I believed in and um, just kind of grassroots. And then um, uh, the man who had the seat prior to me decided to retire. And um, it was suggested by a few people that I ran. And I kind of thought told them all they were crazy and I would help 
find somebody else, but uh, here I am. So, and it's been a, it's been a wonderful journey and learned a lot and has very wonderful being able to serve my constituent state of Texas. That's excellent. So it's interesting because it sounds like since you had your son, you started getting more involved. Yes. And I know that that's how I, I have been too. I have not gotten involved with local politics. They have tried to rope me in. I'm just like, I, I, I don't have the time now. <laughs> None of us do, but they, it sounds like they got you and you just moved right up. So, so that's great. All right. So like I had just said before you got on and I might have repeated it, you recently got in touch to talk about Jennifer's Law which is in the state of Connecticut, the law that expands the legal definition of domestic violence to include coercive control. And, you know, I was involved with the live testimony of that. So I was thinking, why Texas, no offense, but like, why would Texas care about something like this? There, you know, there's so many um, people in the legislature that do care, bipartisan. um, And so it's something that, just looking at and I I've been kind of looking into more what can we do more in Texas how do we help more survivors and victims how do we help more families and found found y'all and with been there got out and saw that the Jennifer's law and was like what is this this is <laughs> it looks amazing to be because we know about all the different forms of, of abuse but it's so hard. And it's, if it's not in definition, if it's not in statute and it's not in the law, how are you able, how are their survivors able to, you know, get, get justice? So seeing the, that coercive control and that other states have done it, I was just, I was like, this is it. We've been trying to figure out how do we, you know, what are, what are our options? How do we word this and saw that and thought this is, this is perfect. It's so exciting because we do have a number of clients in Texas and we also have this legal abuse support group on Sundays. And so some of our clients from Texas were in there and I said, guess who we're going to talk to on Tuesday. And they knew you and they were like, wow, that's so exciting. Like we knew you guys, you know, up north of the course of control laws, but we didn't think that it would happen here. So this is really exciting. Yes. What's what's happened? I mean, how do you think Texans might respond to a bill like this? And what's happening so far since our conversation? I I think Texas will have will have a great response to it. Um, you know, we did some resolutions last legislative session on domestic violence to where it mentioned other forms of domestic violence and the other forms of abuse, not just physical. So it's something that I have been trying to kind of bring more attention. And and I'm definitely not the only one. So uh, I, I I think it will be something that will get bipartisan support. I am very hopeful of that, just like we've seen in the, in in the other states. Um, so I'm definitely very very hopeful for that. Yeah. So I know in Connecticut we first had Jennifer's bill, and then we were all going to go to the Capitol and talk about why it needed to pass, and then COVID happened. And then we had to wait a year and then Jennifer's bill came up again. And then we did all the testimony and, and then it passed and it took about six months because it was March of 2021 that we did the big show. And then October 1st, 2021 is when it finally went into law. So it took time for the governor to sign it and all of that. So at what stage are things where you are? So 
Um, oh, that's right. You asked what's kind of happened since we since we last talked. Well, I we had a my staff and I put together a domestic violence roundtable with some different um, domestic violence uh, or organizations and women's um, shelters and things like that to kind of really figure out and kind of talk through some of this. So um, we're it's something we're working on. Our legislature, Texas, I know that's all different in every state, but we don't, we meet every other year uh, from January to May. So we don't meet, our legislature does not convene again until January of 2020. So right now we are, you know, the election cycles and all of that, and then our bill filing um, to prepare for next uh, legislative session will open up in in November after the elections. So, so okay, so you had a few few months to get it all together. Yes, and I mean, bill filing goes through uh, part part of the session. It doesn't just end at the start of end at the end of January. So uh, we we still have a while, but we're we're trying to get it all worked through and want to make sure we get the language all right and everything's good and ready for the time bill filing comes okay so you know what i was thinking um one thing i think i might have forgotten to tell you in our first conversation before this this instagram live was that um this might resonate with texans i i had done a commercial like for this little thing i think it was like feminist for liberty or some libertarian thing that my son was involved with. And we did it. We talked about coercive control. And so when I was researching the information for it, I found that coercive control is also a violation of the rights protected by our U.S. Constitution, as well as the International Human Rights Convention, because it takes away someone's right to physical security, to live without fear, their right to dignity and to respect to social intercourse, to our autonomy, liberty, and personhood. And I thought, wow, like that sounds even stronger than just financial abuse, psychological abuse. It really like brings it back. Yes. So I thought that, that that would be maybe helpful <laughs> if you didn't already know that. I think Texans would really, really resonate with that. That's a definitely, you're talking basically someone's liberty and their liberty and freedom to just live their life. Um, and definitely do not like that to be impeded. Right. I think I think that 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 should definitely resonate. Yeah, yeah. And again, like I was looking at some some of my other notes for, for this little commercial and I was like, you know, um I, I often give this definition when we give presentations that the formal definition of coercive control from women's aid is it's a quote pattern of acts of assault, threats, humiliation, and intimidation or other abuse that is used to harm punish or frighten a victim. But part of this whole controlling behavior is designed to make a person dependent by isolating them from support, exploiting them and depriving them of independence and regulating their everyday behavior. So that goes right back to like, what does it mean to be free? What does it mean to have our own personal liberty? So all of this goes together and maybe that language might help too. And okay. putting together with it. <laughs> I think so. Definitely. Yeah. Yeah. Good. Okay. So I know in Connecticut, uh, Alex Kasser was our senator at the time, state senator, and she had met with me and a number of people I'm imagining throughout the states because she had this idea, um, which we honestly didn't think was really going to go anywhere. But it was exciting to at least have someone like that come listen to people who were victims of coercive control 
And then she moved forward with it. And then she got a lot of us to sort of start writing letters. So um, to our state senators and state, state reps, and I got on the phone with a couple of them, and they seemed very receptive ahead of time and jumped on the bill. So I was going to ask you, as this moves along in Texas, we have an audience here. Um, what can we do or what can Texans do to help you move forward and also get these coercive control laws passed? It's a great question. I think definitely plugging into um, some of the domestic violence support organizations that do, they come to the Capitol and they um, and they advocate for these bills. I think plugged in, you know, people's voice is so much louder when it's to an organization. I meet with constituents all the time and, um, and I also meet with organizations. And so if you're meeting with uh, your, your senator or your your house member and talk about this. And if you can get plugged in with an organization and going with the organization to go to that. Um, and I, I think it's definitely huge. Even having these discussions with, with your, with your legislators, it makes a world of difference because so many people had not heard or really thought about other forms of abuse in domestic violence. And so just really explaining that and telling their stories. And then we have bills and they're moving through the process through committee hearings and all of that. Um, we know that there are some survivors that, that are willing and it's safe for them to tell their stories. Um, and so having them come to committee hearings and tell their stories before the committee, it makes, it's very powerful and make a huge, huge difference. Um, and again, going and meeting your legislators, making a, making appointments and going even to staff. Um, the more we talk about it and the, because so many, again, so many people don't know. So just having those conversations really um, will get, get the ball rolling. Yeah. I remember um, before we had the coercive control laws in Connecticut, there was a woman in the UK and they've had coercive control laws for years. And she was saying that part of the reason um, that that their laws passed was because they had to make people understand what coercive control meant. So I think in the UK, more people understand it than we do. We have to start making it like a household term. And she right. said one thing they did, which was really effective, was the the media, they, they, they started doing soap operas that had storylines that used coercive control and they used experts, domestic violence experts to help them craft the storyline. So there was like, there's like, I can't remember the name, but there's like two British soap operas that everybody watches that are really popular. And she said, it really started conversations going. Right. So, so I'm wondering maybe there's ways we can keep bringing coercive control into stories and telling our own stories to people. I know one of the state reps that I um, was talking to before Jennifer's Law that I happen to just know on a friendly basis anyway, a man, I was explaining to him, I was explaining my situation being in family court for years. And he was, and I talked about uh, Jennifer's bill at the time. And he said, you know what? You've convinced me. I'm going to jump on. So there were other, I think it was like, he said a co-sponsor. Does that sound familiar? Like if someone introduces a bill and they get other people on other reps to support them, it makes it also stronger because that's what that's what we did. Yes, definitely. 
that it, it makes a huge difference. Um, and if I have it in the house, then to have a Senate sponsor, a senator to pick it up on the on the Senate side, um, and then getting other senators to sign on on that side, and then other House members to sign on on that side, it can it can make it very very powerful. I'll say when I did I did a resolution on domestic violence, and it talked about the other forms of abuse and every member of the Texas house signed on to it. Wow. So it was a very much a bipartisan effort. And um, so I, 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 that makes me very hopeful for this next session and what we will um, hopefully be able to accomplish. That is incredible. And I think I told you Connecticut also was bipartisan had bipartisan support. That's that's really exciting because it's one of those things you you wonder like are is everyone going to support it or not right so that's great yes all right so I guess people just start connecting with your local politicians and telling them how important this is and referencing the other states that have passed these laws and it's also these laws are also in the works in several other states exactly. so I keep calling it like the wave there's a wave that's hitting it was already in the UK and now it's hitting America. Yes. And that's the thing. If people don't know, if someone hasn't personally experienced abuse or knows someone that's close to them that has, especially other forms of abuse that would in- include uh, coercive control, then they really don't know. Um, and so it's really a matter of education, having those conversations. And so it, the states that aren't doing it, it's because no one has had those conversations there and the legislators just don't know. So right. And- and- matter what state you're in, having those calling up your your house member and your senator are very important. Yeah. And, and thinking about people understanding it, I know when I did that little commercial, the statistics I saw, which I think are higher, are that 51% of victims of coercive control don't even realize yes. what they're dealing with. And I know I myself didn't know a 20-year relationship. I didn't understand. And I never would have thought of approaching a domestic violence center. Cause in my head, I was like, well, that's for battered women. Like that's for people that are beaten up. So they, they can't help me with anything. Exactly. It takes, um, there's so many women who are in it who have no idea. And sometimes it takes them getting out of it and then realizing or in the process of getting out, like, this is what I was in. I didn't like, they just, you just don't realize it. Right, right. So it's important for us as a community also to become educated on what coercive control means so we can share our stories and put it in that context and keep using the labels and the words so that people understand. Because I mean, we, like Chris and I, my partner, we went to a, a police station re, uh, a few months ago to ask them some questions. And they said, oh, we have a whole domestic violence unit, like a special victims unit. And we started talking about coercive control and the guy's like, what is that? Like, I've, I don't know. I've never heard of that. I thought, and they are specifically trained to deal with domestic violence. It's very, very common. The other thing, if we get the legislatures in all these different states talking about it, the media is likely to pick up that these bills are moving through the process. And that starts the conversation being on people's TVs. And so just, or on their, on their news whatever it may be on social media, just anything to kind of start those conversations. Yeah, great. All right, Lacey, well, thank you so much for coming on and doing this interview and stay in touch. And if there's anything that we can do 
from where we are. If you have more ideas on sharing this, like just let me know and we'll do it. Awesome. Thank you. I look forward to reporting back soon as and as we move through the process and very hopeful that we can have law against, you know, including coercive control um, here, here in Texas. So I look forward to updating you on that. Good. Good. Me too. All right. Talk to you soon. Yes. Talk to you later. Bye. Okay. Bye. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Been There Got Out podcast. Please leave us a review on whatever platform you're listening on. And you can find us easily on all major social media, but especially Instagram and YouTube. If you think we might be able to help you with your own situation, just visit beentheregotout.com and click the button to schedule a complimentary discovery call. Thanks again, and see you next time.